Okay. <laughs> Just because I laughed. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try not to make a face this time. Say that all right, again. all right. Hey everybody, welcome to the I Think This Is Love podcast. I'm your host, Cherie, and if you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast where we talk all about love. Today with me, I have my good friend, Austin Yoder. He is a friend from college, and uh, Austin, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, Cherie, I really feel like I need to address this. Not, I mean, they can't see us, obviously, but I'm currently, my my left hand is in a bowl of water. Before I came here, I, I badly burnt my hand while cooking dinner. Um, and I didn't tell you this story, so I was already running a little bit late, and my hand is, like, on fire, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what can I do so I'm not in intense pain in the car? Because if, if I didn't keep my hand cold every, like, 30 seconds, it would hurt really, really bad. So I just grabbed a bottle of beer from my fridge, <laughs> and I held it in my left hand as I drove, like, 30 minutes oh over gosh. here. It was closed. Closed containers, not against the law, but... <laughs> But about 10 minutes in, I was like, I bet this was not the smartest way to keep my hand cold while I wow. drive. So That's amazing. I'm just trying to picture what would have happened if you had gotten pulled over by a police officer. <laughs> I'm just like, to you, officer. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So, and I will say there was one where I was, I was at a light and I was, I was texting you to tell you I was on my way. And in my left hand, I had a bottle of beer. And I was like, I'm texting and driving, and I'm currently holding oh beer. Gosh. I was like, this this is <laughs> it's a low point. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's really what I want people to know about me. Nothing more. Great. I'm good with that. Great. Perfect. Well, do you want to give us your status update and tell us your current relationship status and how you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I'm engaged. I got engaged uh, uh, two months ago, almost exactly. Uh, I mean, it's great. I feel great about it. If I didn't, that'd be really bad. <laughs> that would be concerning. No. Uh, so I'm planning a wedding right now. And so, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so I much. I already told you that in real life. For sure. You know, my, you know would... Sam. You know my fiance. Yeah, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. I don't Sam. know if she's going to listen to this. <laughs> I, I mean, she will. I'm great. sure. Great. All right, so it is time for us to go on a friend date, and this is where I'm going to ask you just a string of semi-personal questions and just answer them to the best of your ability. <laughs> What's a semi-personal question? Social security number. Like, I feel like a personal question <laughs> your pin. would be like, like, how did your parents' divorce affect you? <laughs> What's like a semi- No, well, so semi is like they're general enough that I can ask everyone. So none Got of it. these are like tailored specifically to you. Hurtful, but okay. Um, you're not special. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just semi-personal as in they can get into personal things, but like it's not anything overtly like tell me the traumatic parts of your life. Okay. Um, but they're a little bit more than like, what's your favorite color? Great. Yeah. So first one. Blue. <laughs> Thanks. Me too. <laughs> Actually, I think it's it's changing to yellow these days. Anyway. Nice. If you had an autobiography, what would be the title? Oh my goodness. If I yeah, I would call my autobiography uh, two to three showers a day. Because hmm. I take two to three showers a day. <laughs> Perfect. Which is a true. That's a true thing. Is there do, is there a reason behind I that? I love I love showers. So it's not because you are like a germaphobe or anything it's not just, at all you just love showering I just really like showers i like how i smell after i leave a shower um yeah i just think showers are really wonderful wow i don't think i know anyone who takes that many showers a day yeah i don't shampoo every time you i just... did and then i was told that's bad for your hair <laughs> yeah generally so, yeah. all right great in a movie about your life what actor would play you oh man this is see, this see, is important because you're a big like movie buff and I film am. person. What's tough about this question is it really requires some self awareness. Mm. You know, because if I'm going to be convincingly played by somebody, I got to pick someone who. What I'm trying to say is they can't be <laughs> they can't be too much better looking than I am. <laughs> um. Uh, I would like to be played by Elijah Wood. Okay. Would be my choice. Um, I think he could do it. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, he's a little shorter than me, but that's okay. I, I'd like to be portrayed shorter than I actually was. <laughs> really? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who would play your co-star and or love interest? 
Uh, Idris Elba would play Sam in the movie. They look like <laughs> They do. <laughs> they do. When I see Sam, I see Idris Elba. <laughs> and vice versa. Perfect. Wow. Are you an only child or do you have siblings? I have two siblings. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. So you're the oldest? I'm the oldest, yes. Beach or mountains? Oh, mountains. What is the most attractive trait in someone you're looking to date? Oh, man. I'm just trying to think of all the things I love about Sam. Aw. Aw, which is a long list. Um, uh, Self-awareness comes to mind for me right away. I think it's really, really important to know yourself. Um, And so I found that as I've gotten to know myself better, it's obviously completely changed the way I interact with other people. And it's just made me a better person and a better partner and all that. And so um, I think that's somewhat universal. And so self-awareness is definitely something um, that I would look for. Yeah, that's a good one. It's not one that I think comes to mind as quickly as like other treats, but that's so important. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I think we sort of over-romanticize selflessness in a relationship. Hmm. Um, And not to say that's not important, because obviously it is, um, but I think it's just as important to take care of yourself um, in a relationship as it is to take care of the person that you're with. Yeah. Um, And if you don't know yourself, you don't know how to take care of yourself. And I think for a really long time, I didn't know how to take care of myself. Hmm. Um, And a lot through my relationship with Sam, I kind of picked up on that. Um, and so I think, yeah, I've, I want to be with someone who knows what they need and isn't necessarily just focused on what I need. Yeah. No, that's great. What? So kind of going along with that, what would you say is the most or the least attractive trait? Hmm. In Sam? <laughs> or in anybody? <laughs> in anybody. This is one where, where you oh, should good. probably that, expand to gr- anybody. Okay, good. I'm glad. Phew. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I would say, which is really funny because I think that there would have been a time in my life where I would have exhibited this a lot, um, would just be someone who's like obsessive about another person mm-hmm. or is like totally dependent on someone else. To me, that that like freaks me out. When I see people who clearly their own self-worth, self-image is so tied up in another person that to me is incredibly unattractive and creepy. So, <laughs> Makes sense. So, um, yeah. And there was definitely a time in my life where I probably would have been like that. I was fortunate enough to not date anyone until I was 22. And so I'd figured some stuff out by then. But if I had dated someone when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I think I probably would have leaned more towards that. Okay, what is and this might be related it could be completely different okay um, but what is a non-negotiable for you in dating hmm. there are a number of them but someone who likes watching movies that's they a, have to like watching movies. absolutely okay. yes that's non-negotiable for okay me. so the people who are kind of like oh i get bored or like i fall asleep no yeah. go um i mean if they get bored or fall asleep in every movie that would definitely be a no-go. Okay. Um, I mean, if, if some movies are boring. I'm not really bored by movies. I don't fall asleep in movies. But, um, but I mean, I do meet people who are like, oh, yeah, I just don't really like movies. And that's a very bizarre thing to me. Mm. Or, or someone who's like, oh, I don't have a TV in my house. <laughs> that's not exactly the same, but I don't want to be with that person. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah, that, that person's not, it's not a good person. Okay. What, this is one of my favorite questions. All right. What are the telltale signs that you're into somebody? So, yeah, one of the things that I I try to be funny, like, all the time, um, I love hanging out with big groups of people. My goal is to sort of make everybody laugh. Um, If I'm very specifically just trying to make one person laugh and not necessarily caring about the other person in the group, um, that would be one for me. I, I don't know. I think what's tough about that is I'm not sure... I don't necessarily treat people differently if I'm into them or not, I don't think. Because I'm very much like, oh, play cool, play cool, play cool, be normal, <laughs> you know. And so maybe if I'm doing that, too, okay. if internally I'm like, play cool, just, you know, be a friend, be a good guy. <laughs> um, that would be that would be one. But I'm sort of that way with everybody. Okay. Do you feel like it ever swings to the other end of, like play it cool so this is something that me and Bria talked about in the previous episode of like 
for us that looks like overcompensating or no is it generally like you you actually do keep it pretty cool like generally um oh no I definitely don't actually play it cool <laughs> because like I said I'm very um I'm very loud with how I feel about things yeah so I think it's very obvious when I feel a certain way about somebody okay even if I don't admit it in the moment um, so yeah, I would say I probably lean more towards your end of the spectrum okay. where I'm like, I'm going to be this person's very best friend. I'm going to like prove myself to be indispensable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely don't actually play it cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely overcompensate. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Who doesn't overcompensate? I don't though? know. I can't I'd like imagine to meet them someone and learn not. From them. I think that probably takes a level of confidence that I don't possess and never really have. All right. So I'm realizing in the moment that this question is going to be kind of uh, obvious, but okay. have you ever been in love? Yes. <laughs> That's I great. have. If you would have said no, I would have been concerned. <sighs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Hopefully no. it happens by the way. I mean, I also feel like, I yeah, my relationship with Sam is obviously completely different, but I just fall in love pretty fast. Hmm. So I would say I've probably been in love several times. Or okay. at least whatever my version of it is. Yeah, what what is that? Yeah, I don't know. That's such a it's a very difficult thing to articulate. Yeah. And to sort of water it down. I feel like when you talk about it, it sort of cheapens it maybe a little bit. Okay. Um but I can definitely tell you that when I first realized I love Sam, it was very much like, Oh, I've I've felt this before. So I, I, I know that this is at least what I call love. But I would say, obviously, how I feel about Sam now looks very different from what I thought that was. So I don't I don't know what I would call that. Okay. But I love very, very quickly. So I've probably fallen in love with, like, hundreds of people. <laughs> Great. So then with that, have you ever had your heart broken? Absolutely. Oh, so many times. Yeah, because, which I think is sort of the danger of being someone who loves so quickly yeah. and feels things so deeply. Um is it's very easy to get your heart broken. So, yeah, hmm. plenty of times. So do you have a most memorable date story? Yeah. So, well, what's really interesting is I, I didn't actually go on a date until Sam and I got together. Okay. I tried to. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, I've been rejected multiple times asking people for dates which is super humiliating <laughs> which is super humiliating because it feels very low stakes so for someone to say i don't want to go on a date with you to me that feels like that's the worst kind of rejection mm. to me that almost would feel worse than getting like broken up with really to i mean probably not really i'm probably being hyperbolic but if someone breaks up with you you're like okay like they got to know me, like they took yeah. the time and they realized this wasn't it. Like for someone to be like, even what you're just putting out on the surface, <laughs> I don't even want to hang out with you one-on-one <laughs> for any length of time in like a romantic environment. That's pretty terrible. That's not a specific example. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been afraid of that before, but that, I think that might be like a new. <laughs> a new fear. You're welcome. New fear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so I was in a place, I'm going to make this as vague as possible. <laughs> All I know is that this very sad thing happened in a DeBella's Subs restaurant, which I think is a great place for something really sad to happen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this was someone that I was interested in and it was one of those things where I was, I was in the place where she lived. And I was like, Hey, let's just get together. I didn't have like any agenda like it was just like hanging out because I'm the kind of person who I'm I play like the long con you know yeah. like every everything was is always in the future for me uh, until now you know um and like very quickly she was she like was like hey like I don't want to date you like it was <laughs> it was it was gentler than that for sure but so I'm just like oh this is not how I thought that this was going to be going i'm also the kind of person who when that happens i want to be like great like let's rewind let's pretend that never happened and so so i like ended the meal pretty quickly and just went and cried in my car outside of a debella's subs oh man yeah so 
That one's really weird, too, because that one's being rejected without even asking someone out. Yeah. Oh, that has to. Mm. It's just someone going, I think you might ask me out. So in case you do, no. Yeah, no, that sucks. That's brutal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some stories that are like there's a number of them that are somewhat similar to that. Wow. Yeah, it, it was it's 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 weird. It, it, it uh. I'm sure it's done something to who I am. I'm sure it's informed <laughs> the person I am now to some extent. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a weird, it's a weird thing. I think that's interesting because a lot of times when it comes to dating in the very early stages, like kind of just asking people out, the the response to like the person, usually from friends and very well-meaning people is always, what's the worst ca- that can happen? The worst is that they could say no. Um, and that is true, and how many times does someone have to say no or do different people have to say no before it actually starts to kind of like get at you and start to make you question like, why does everyone keep saying Is no? Is it me? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think also when people are like, what's the worst they could do? They could just say no. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Like, that's pretty bad. Like, it's, it's, I mean, that's embarrassing. First of all, it doesn't make you feel good about yourself. But for someone like me, I just find it deeply, deeply embarrassing. Like, I sort of feel bad that I even brought it up. Or in that case, I mean, I didn't even bring it up. So yeah, it wow. was really, really strange. Uh, if she's listening to this, you're a cool person. You're great. And I th- actually think you handled it very well. Wow. Heartbreak. Yeah. So what scares you most about love? So this is just something that scares me about love in general. Not in the context of the relationship I'm in. I feel like I should contextualize that a little bit. Um, but I'm definitely, in terms of how I love people, I think I it's been easy in the past for people to take advantage of me. I think I'm very much someone who will give and give and give to the point of it not being healthy for me, um, even if that person's not necessarily giving any love or encouragement or anything in return. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, to me, that's scary is, and this sort of goes back to self-awareness that I would find myself in some sort of relationship, um, that sort of just drains me till I'm completely empty and I'm just sort of not aware of it or I don't care, or I think that it's the right thing to do, um, to give without receiving anything in return. Um, so that freaks me out, but I also, I just really love, love. I've never found love to be a very scary thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. What does friendship mean to you? Mm. That's so interesting because I define friendship, I think, in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people. For me, like if I've met someone one time, like I consider that person a friend. That's very much just the way I am. I mean, that's why Sam and I are together because she and I had met a while before. And then I saw her one time, and I was like, oh, it's my friend. And then I went up and started talking to her, and apparently she was like, "Who is? what's going on? Why, why is this guy talking to me? <laughs> um, and that sort of got the whole ball rolling. Um, but I get that not everybody defines friendship in that way. So I'll, I'll look at it and say this is what I would consider like a healthy friendship. I think the willingness to be there for someone when they need it. Um, to me, friendship is not about necessarily the amount of time you spend with somebody or even the amount you keep in contact with somebody. Uh, when I think of the people that I like are really good friends or the people that I would consider myself to be really good friends with, it's like if that person needs something from me, I'm going to I'm going to show up in whatever capacity I can. Yeah. What does family mean to you? Yeah, I definitely have a much more broad definition of family than just the people I'm related to. Because I would say there's probably people I'm related to that I wouldn't even consider family. Yeah. There's tons of people I'm not related to that I would. Um, I feel like the the definition I sort of just gave you for close friendship, those people I would consider family. Um, because it's so different for so many people. Right. I mean, even if I just look at Sam and I, I grew up in a very traditional, like, nuclear family. Like, cause, like... You know, my parents, two siblings, cousins, we all hang out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Sam, I mean, her her parents are, are married and everything. But, like, 
she has a half brother and she has other people that she would consider to be like that raised her in the same way that her parents did. Um, which is what I think is so cool about family is it's kind of whatever it is to you. Yeah. Um, so I think we probably limit it so much in talking about family just as the people we're related to. Um, and so I feel like anything I would say about family very much only applies to me because whoever's your family is just kind of your family. And yeah. I think we all sort of just know instinctively what that looks like for each of us. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. I have thousands of people I consider to be in my family. Yeah. So. Fair enough. All right. So we're talking about family. Um, and so the topic of this week, your topic is uh, dad stuff. <laughs> that was an A plus segue there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so back in college, I remember one day we were like hanging out. I don't know if what we were talking about. We must have been talking about singleness or something. Yeah. But you kind of launched into how much you wanted to be a dad. And it kind of. I think I remember where we were. Were we in the KSAC? I feel like we were. We might have been. We were at that table by the entrance to the gym. Probably. I remember this conversation. Yeah, yeah, and I remember being kind of like caught off guard by it only because I don't typically hear a lot of guys talk about like wanting a family as much as I hear um, like my girlfriends talk about it. Yeah. And like at least like my straight friends, like I just, I don't really hear a lot of straight guys talking about kids unless it's yeah. like a someday, like way far out, like barely even touching on it and so I was like oh wow like I've I don't think I've ever heard like one of my guy friends really go into how much you know they wanted kids and so I I just think that that's really interesting so I would love to hear a little bit more about that yeah absolutely I've always wanted to be a dad like genuinely as long as I can remember that's just something I've always really really wanted to do Mm -hmm. it just feels built into who I am. I see myself as a a fatherly person. I mean, I see myself as a motherly person, like, you know? Yeah. Um, I just really, and whatever that means, whatever those terms mean, mm-hmm. a parent, I see myself as a parently person. Yeah. Um, I've always just really, really loved kids. I like hanging out with kids. Um, and I think there are traits that I have that would lend themselves really well to fatherhood. And, and when I think about um, down the road, um, whenever that is for Sam and I, if, if we get to, um, I hope so. Um, I, I've always thought being a stay-at-home dad would just be super fun. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint in myself exactly why I feel that way, but it's just, it's very, it feels innate. Um, it feels like it's just part of me. It's something I've always um, wanted. It's something I've, I think I'd be really, really good at. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of feels like the most natural thing in the world. I don't even necessarily think about like, like hearing you say like, Oh, I haven't heard a lot of people say that or any suggestion that that's like different or unique kind of catches me off guard. Cause it's just like, Oh, that's kind of just always the way I felt about it. Yeah. Um, so I hope I get to do it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because So I wasn't expecting to launch into like men and masculinity, but I would love to talk about that. I almost wonder if it has anything to do with that and having to do with gender or gender roles, um, masculinity, toxic masculinity, like any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wonder if there are maybe a lot more guys that feel the same way, but have a harder time like expressing it or wanting to talk about it. Um, do you have any thoughts? I would say absolutely in the same way that I think there are a lot of women who don't necessarily want that and feel like they can't express it. I feel like kind of both sides of the coin here. And I feel like maybe we're making some progress on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is actually a conversation that Sam and I have quite a bit. We talk about gender roles and gender stereotypes because we sort of have them flipped in most every way. If you just want to look at the what stereotypically we associate with men and stereotypically we associate with women. I mean, I am an extremely emotional person, like cry at the drop of a hat type person. And Sam is much more stoic and much more reserved and can kind of shove her feelings down yeah. uh, in a way that I can't. Um, I've, yeah, I've always wanted to be, I mean, I, 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 I do see myself as kind of a feminine person just in terms of how we define that. I yeah. don't love Using, I don't love using that language just because I don't know why we've even chose to define femininity. It, can be limiting. And it, 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 it is, and yeah, it's incredibly yeah. limiting. 
Um, but yeah, I, I would say I'm definitely not alone in guys who want to be, who want to be dads. Um, and I think there's probably a lot of guys who want to be dads who don't even necessarily have given it any thought. I don't know how much of it is active repression of those desires yeah, or just sort of, we never really offer it up as an option, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm not sure if there's as much, you're going to be a good dadding, like saying that to a kid as much as you're going to be a good mom to a girl. Or I mean, even right. you talk about the toys that boys and girls play with, all that. I mean, this is such a, we, we could talk for forever about this. Yeah. Um, but I think we definitely still don't do a great job of, we, I think we push, and I mean, we'll, we can really quick, we'll talk about this in the concept of Christianity. Okay. Because I am a Christian. And I think we do an even worse job in the Christian community of sorting holding motherhood for females as kind of the end-all, be-all yeah. of human existence. Like, to be a wife and a mother in the context of Christianity, like, we sort of, like, that is the pinnacle. Right. That's what you need to do. And, like, if that's what you want, if genuinely in your heart you just want to be, like, a wife and a mom, you just want to be, like, a husband and a dad, like, I think that's great. Um, but I think there's this... There's a lot of people who do it out of an obligation Mm. or because they're told it's the right thing to do. And I mean, if you're told your entire life by everybody that you look up to that being a mom is the best thing to do, why wouldn't you go after that? Even if in your heart you're like, but there's all these other things I want to do. Yeah. It makes sense that you're going to set that aside in pursuit of this thing that you've been told is the very, very best thing for you to do. Um, and so I think we do a really bad job of talking about it. And then, yeah, I mean, on the other side of the, on the other side of the, the, the coin, there's guys and we aren't taught the same things about being a parent. Um, can you go into that? Yeah, I was just about to, I'm going (laughs) to sit up in my chair here. Yeah. We do a really bad job with, with boys, with men, whatever, whatever word we want to use. I think there's sort of a lot of pressure on boys and girls to sort of fit into different stereotypes, roles, whatever you want to call it. And I think we're probably missing out on a lot of good dads. We're missing out on a lot of good, whatever women want to be, you know, Yeah. whether, I mean, we're missing out on scientists and, uh, politicians and writers and, I mean, everything. We're missing out on everything when we sort of shove people into these boxes that we've created. Um, And I think it's not just Christians who do this. I think society as a whole, we still aren't um, doing as good of a job as we need to. I see more movement towards positivity outside of um, church than I do inside of it. What does progress look like to you? What does it look like to kind of push people in, in a direction that feels more healthy Um, and maybe more inclusive and encouraging to whatever people want to do, whether they want to be a parent or not. Yeah. Um, For me, progress is even just how I feel about this. Like, I I can express this thought and know how many people agree with me. This is a conversation I've even had with my parents who and my grandparents, like people who grew up when this was not... I mean, you couldn't even really, I mean, you, or people didn't even really talk about it. Um, and so I even, I, I think the discussion around it is getting better. Um, I think people are start whether people are actually making any changes is maybe debatable, but the way we talk about it, I think people are recognizing like, oh, we've really, um, we've really sort of repressed an entire group of people. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about this also in terms, because a lot of times when I think about this, I mainly think of all the women who have been forced, for lack of a better phrase, to be moms. Mm. Um, because to me, that might be the most rampant issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can see it. I mean, there uh, there are some, obviously, some very large-scale social movements going on right now. What, so in thinking about parenting, Yeah. Um, let's say you have kids in a few years. What does it look like to you to raise your kids um, to know that they are free to choose, I guess, whatever lifestyle? Or, like, what does that look like for you to instill these things into into your future kids? Yeah. What I think is dangerous and what I 
have at least seen in my own life and the lives of a lot of people is when we we gender certain emotions or yeah. we assign a gender to occupations or to ideas. Um, I mean, I very much grew up in sort of this like rub some dirt on it, you know, tough it out, be a man type thing. Um, and I would say it wasn't, it, it wasn't super toxic in my home. It was like in the way, and I mean, part of that being like as a straight guy, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily have being told to repress my sexuality, but yeah, I, I think when we gender emotion, like, you know, boys should feel this way. Girls should feel this way. Boys should express their emotions this way. Girls should express their emotions this way. Um, that's something I definitely want to avoid. Yeah. Um, and it's very much how I, I, I'm just like, feel how you want to feel, you know, like, I think whatever you feel is absolutely valid. And I mean, I think that's something that I'm sort of on a mission of in my entire life is I don't want to invalidate how anybody feels about anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that Sam and I talk about a lot, which is like, however you react to something, like, that's fine. Like, your initial feelings and, and how something makes you feel is not bad, regardless of how it is. If something makes you cry, that's great, you know? And if something doesn't make you cry, that's just as great, regardless of who you are. And then, I mean, like I said, also on the occupation side of things, I, if I have kids, I want them to do what they want to do, you know? I mean, it's very cheesy, the whole concept of, like, you can be whatever you want to be. But I very much believe that. Yeah. Um, And... I don't want to push my kids toward or away from anything except for football. I don't want my kids to play football. <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. You're if my kids are Yeah, not going to not going to let my kids play. But if I have kids, I want them to I want to expose them to all sorts of different things and I want them to find out what they want. Um and I want to expose my kids be they male or female. I really I want to have if I can choose, I want to have sons and daughters. Like I'd love to have both. Um, and, uh, I want, I, I, I want to expose them all to sort of the same experiences. Um, because I think we very much cater, um, different experiences to different children based on their gender. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to do that because we've used the word limiting. I think it is super limiting and, I don't think it gives someone a, a a chance to figure out what they really want to do or what they'd really be good at, and I don't really buy into the idea that that there's a there's a big difference in the abilities between the genders to do different things. Yeah, I just don't I just don't think that's true, um, and it sort of makes me really really sad to think of all the people who men and women who have who could have been the very best at certain things, but were never given the opportunity to do it or we're told that that's not something that a girl does. That's not something that a boy does. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to contribute to that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So what kind of dad do you think you'll be? What kind of dad? That's okay. I want to be a laid back dad, uh, in a good way. I don't want to be cool dad, you know, <laughs> not like all the other dads. No, I don't want to be like, Let's go smoke some weed in the basement, Dad. <laughs> First of all, I don't smoke weed. I'd have to get I'd have to get way cooler than I am right now to be that dad. But I want my kids to be able to talk to me about stuff. I would definitely say there have been things throughout my life that I haven't felt like I could talk about with my parents. Yeah. Um and while I don't think that your primary job as a parent to be is to be your child's friend, um, I think when people sort of completely remove that from their relationship with their child that really confuses me when people yeah. are like i'm not my son's friend i'm not my daughter's friend i'm their parent and i'm like can it be both can you can you do both like so. yeah great i remember one conversation that we had in college where you were talking about getting healthier yeah. and um, eating better and like losing weight and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember you specifically saying that it was tied to because you want to, you know, feel better about yourself, but also because you want to be a good role model to your future kids. Absolutely. And I just thought that was really interesting because at the time you were single. So it wasn't even like, this was like a eminent thing, I guess. Yeah, um, no. So, and I thought, Hmm, that 
is really interesting. I've never thought about like how are my decisions today impacting, you know, like my future family um and what a cool expression of love for people <laughs> who don't even necessarily exist yet. Yeah. I think it's really important. I mean, obviously parent uh, children are extremely impressionable. Um and I think it's really important to take care of yourself in a healthy way. Um, I think there are a lot of super fit parents who are not teaching their kids um, good things about how to take care of their body. Um, and my, my goal in losing weight was like, I, I never was like, I, I don't, I don't want to be ripped. I don't want to like, you know, like I don't have the patience or the, <laughs> the work yeah. ethic <laughs> required for that. <laughs> But I just want to take care of myself, both so that my children can be like, hey, it's important to take care of your body. Um, and I'm still trying to work out the balance in my own life. Um, so I lost 100 pounds. I've gained like 30, 35 pounds back, um, which I'm not thrilled about. But I try to talk about myself differently now than I did previously. I try not to be too hard on myself for having gained 35 pounds back. Do would I like to lose that 35 again? Absolutely. And just from a health perspective, um, it would probably be good for me if I do it in a healthy way. But but learning how how can I be a super healthy version of myself to like show your children, hey, taking care of your body is really really important. But also finding the balance for being like it's not the most important thing. How you look, how much you weigh, all that is not a big deal. In the grand scheme of things, it isn't. I think being healthy is really, really important. Right. I want to be around for a while. If I have kids, I want my kids to be around for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and, I, and I think taking care of ourselves looks differently for different people. Right. Um, and so that, but that was undoubtedly a consideration as I was losing weight, was like, I want to have kids someday. And... I want to be a good example to those kids, but I also want to be healthy enough that it's possible for me to have children because, um, like gaining, like how much you weigh can uh, impact that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody knows that. And so I want to be biologically <laughs> capable of making children. Yeah. Um, but when I have them, I want to be able to do stuff with them. So there are, there are other people in my family who struggle with their weight. And as I have struggled with my weight throughout my life, since I was in like the first grade, I was in a bike accident when I was in the first grade which sort of changed my relationship with food. We don't need to talk about that. Suffice it to say that first grade is sort of when I, my very complicated relationship with food and my body and my self-image um, and my eating disorder, like that's kind of when that all sort of kicked off. Um, and I think there were part of me that at times was like, oh, like I'm just sort of doomed to repeat the mistakes of other people um, that are in my family or other people that I know. And I definitely never want my children to feel like my sins are being visited upon them or that they don't sort of get to make their own decisions when it comes to stuff like this. Because I think for a long time, I sort of just thought it's just inevitable that I'm just going to struggle with weight forever and I'm never going to be happy with how I look or how I feel. And sort of kind of unpacking that and deconstructing it in my life has been like, oh, well, first of all, if I do struggle with this forever, and if I am sort of like, that's fine, honestly. Like, that's okay if that's sort of my struggle forever. If I'm never perfectly healthy or I don't look exactly the way that I want. I don't want my kids to be afraid of food. I want my kids to eat good food. I want them to eat, to eat what they want and be healthy as well. Yeah. And that's still a balance that I'm looking for in my own life. And so yeah. as much as I am very desperate to be a dad someday... I'm glad it's not now because these are still these are still questions I'm asking myself. These are still things I'm working through myself and these are still things that I'd like to get that I'd like to get better at. And and not so much even like, oh, I want to weigh this much when I want to have kids. It's more like this is the relationship I'd like to have with my body and this is the relationship I would like to have with food when I have kids. Yeah. I think is... that's a that's a great perspective to have. I mean, cuz I think it's complicated when you Think about like overall health. Health doesn't necessarily have to relate to weight. Um, I think that you can be Absolutely a bigger person not. and be healthy. Of course. Um, but like you said, it also can, not always, but it can mm -hmm. have an impact on that. So I think it's complicated, but I think that that's a really great perspective to have of like, I want to have a better relationship to like my own body and to food and 
for sure. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I really want to be very articulate and thoughtful in how I say this um, because I even acknowledge that I think probably a lot of the ways and I, I talk about this with myself or with other people aren't even the healthiest. And I'm working on that. I'm trying to get better at talking about this. But yeah, health is certainly not a number. And for me, if I'm at my healthiest, it's not because I weigh a certain amount and it's not even because I look a certain way. It's, yeah, it comes down to my relationship with food and my body. Am I afraid of the food I'm eating? Am I punishing myself if I eat certain types of food? Um, what's my self-talk life like? What's my self-care like? Yeah. Um, I'm getting self-aware to the point where I understand like, oh, this is what it looks like when I have an unhealthy relationship with food. This is how I think about myself. This is how I talk about myself. Uh, these are what my routines look like. And so before I have kids, that's what I want to... That's what I want to figure out. It's not that I don't care how much I weigh. Of course I do. And I'm, I, I think I probably always will to a certain extent. But it's setting that aside and being like, that's not what defines my health. And I don't know. I also love eating. I think eating is an incredibly spiritual experience. Yeah. And a really beautiful and wonderful thing. Um, eating food that tastes good. Eating food that looks good. Eating food that other people have made for you. Getting to make food for yourself. Oh, no. I bumped the table. Getting, getting to eat food that you made uh, for yourself, I just find it to be a really sort of transcendent experience. I wouldn't want to lose that simply in pursuit of losing weight yeah. or looking better, whatever whatever the hell those things yeah. even mean. Yeah. No, I, I relate to that. I wrote a paper on uh, the importance of food in my life and gathering around the table because it's how mm -hmm. I learned how to build community and how to do yeah. life with people, and it's how I in a lot of ways feel loved is when people like cook and bring me food. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I get that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> now we are going to move to a lighter thing. Um, this is called five, seven, five. So this is a segment where we're going to write love haikus, read them out and, uh, we'll be right back. All right, so we're back, and uh, we pulled our three random words out of the cup. So, uh, Austin, what were your words? So my words were burn, long for, and fearless. Awesome. And mine were gentle, eyes, and charm. Those are, those are cute. Uh, yeah. I bet you wrote something real cute. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, real cute or real creepy. You All need right. to judge. So, do you want to go first? You can give us your title, and then you can read it. I'll play some uh, background music, and then we have poetry slam rules, so we snap afterwards. Fantastic. I can only snap with one hand. You have to read this in your most, like, dramatic and or sultry voice. <clears throat> I can do that. <laughs> this is a poem called The Burn. I long for the burn. I am fearless. I am fire. Wait, no, it's herpes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Oh, thank you. Wow, I'm inspired. <laughs> All right. This poem is called Eyes. You are so charming, and your eyes are so gentle. I just want to see. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. Can you, uh, I feel like yours is deeper than mine. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I do. I, I think you said it was creepy, but it's, it's kind like of profound. Creepy, but I just feel like it's, like, I just feel like I'm watching someone. Like, I feel like the inspiration for this was like creepy. Like, yeah. Okay. Your eyes. Because I'm like, who am I actually talking about? For sure. I'd say this poem was written to myself. Oh. I'm picturing myself. I'm in front of the mirror, maybe. And it's sort of me realizing that I have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have never had. <laughs> I feel like I should say that. That was something that I was like, I don't know if it's like impolite to ask if you... uh actually have had that but it's not impolite to ask um but i i have not okay well thank you i have not you're, thank you're you. <laughs> all right that's somehow the most intimate thing i've expressed 
So, all right, so it's time for Fix My Love Life, and I say that jokingly knowing that I'm not an expert and that uh, my advice is you should take it with a grain of salt because I really don't know what I'm talking about. I just about. wrote a poem about herpes, so <laughs> I feel like it's going to be hard to yeah. transition into giving some serious advice for people, Yeah. but we'll see what we'll comes We'll try. Out. We're going to we'll try, try We're going to try. So uh, I apologize in advance um, if... Uh, it doesn't work. So You're welcome in advance <laughs> if it does. So this comes from Rachel. Rachel says, So, I broke up with my ex about three weeks ago, and I know that my decision was right. I know it needed to be done, and I don't regret it. But at the end of the day, when I'm not busy anymore or anything, I just miss him. And it's annoying because I don't even want him or need him or any of it. My emotions just try and twist it all up. So my question is, how do I get past those feelings and continue to be a super awesome, independent woman? I need assistance here. Rachel, thank you for submitting a question. That is a tough one, um, but we'll do our best to answer. Yeah. Well, first of all, you are super awesome and independent um, just by the nature of who you are and by the nature of your pursuit here. Um, I would say that I've never been broken up with, so this is, but um, I've certainly, I can, I can relate to this on some level, um, and so I think it's pretty normal to feel this way, and there's nothing wrong with feeling this way. For me, if I was in this situation, when I'm feeling that way, when I'm feeling the urge to, to reach out or to reconnect with anyone that I know that I shouldn't, that would be a moment where, where I'm like, all right, self-check, I'm feeling like this, what can I replace this with? What can I do in this moment that isn't necessarily a distraction, but is just going to get me through this? Because it sounds like, Rachel, you, it kind of comes and goes. Sometimes you don't feel that way and then you're lonely or bored or whatever and you do. And so what can you, it, Sheree, do you have any ideas of what she can do to fill that time? Because yeah, I think this is, in my experience, uh, the type of feeling that sort of diminishes as time goes on. And so it's just getting you through that period of time. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to make the, make it sound less complex than it is because it's hard. I do know that. Yeah, no, I, I am definitely a big fan of grabbing your friends, uh, especially your close girlfriends, um, that really know you and really care about you. Um, when I, I have been that person before, um, like both broken up with someone and also been on the receiving end. And I think anytime, like Austin was saying, anytime you feel like I want to talk to someone that I know I shouldn't, um, I go to my friends to, you know, not necessarily distract me, but just remind me that like I have other meaningful relationships in my life and that um, this one that maybe ended wasn't necessarily like an end all be all and that I'm still independent and still capable of love and being loved um, and giving love and so for me it's really helpful in those times especially when I'm feeling lonely to reach out to my friends and be like hey I need a movie night bring the ice cream and the wine because that's that's what I'm feeling um, and usually for me that really helps because my friends are hilarious and typically what happens is we all get together and just start laughing about stuff and it takes my mind off of it um, I would say the other thing is not to shame yourself for those feelings I think it's perfectly reasonable um, to miss someone who is a significant part of your life um, however short or long that relationship may have been it sounds like it was significant for you and so I would say when those feelings come up at least acknowledge them don't just try to shove them off I don't know that that ever really works for people. Um, but being able to say, you know what, I, I do miss this person right now and I'm feeling kind of sad or I'm feeling kind of lonely and letting yourself feel that, um, but not necessarily acting on those feelings right away, I would say is really important. And feeling that way does not make you any less independent. Exactly. We all need people and reaching out to people and asking for help um, does not uh, illegitimize or change your independence in any yeah. way. Um, and so, yeah. And even if, yeah, even if you mess up sometimes, that doesn't make you a less independent person in any way. I think that's important to remember. Yeah. yeah I would also say if you're looking for like concrete things to do, find things that make you feel powerful and bold and independent. Um, find creative outlets, whatever it is that you like to spend your time on, um, figure out ways to create new things. Um, that's something that is, is always really good for me in, in trying to feel 
independent and like a baller woman is figuring out what is it that I could be spending my time doing, um, whether that is meaningful work or writing a song or a story or whatever, um, finding things that, that bring you joy and give you life. Definitely. Yeah. You're great. great. You're great, Rachel. You're great. It's going to be great. You're awesome. And you are super independent. Um, all right. So if you are a listener and you have a question, feel free to, uh, DM me. You can download the anchor podcast app and, um, record a voice message and we'll play it live in the in the podcast you can also find the link to my google poll in my anchor profile and so you can click on that and then type in your question all responses are anonymous and then we will get to your question as soon as we can if you need to get in touch with me um you can call me any hour of the day my number is (laughs) five 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 so austin relation tip of the week Okay. Relation tip of the week. (laughs) Yeah. So it's time for the relation tip of the week. And this is really just your parting words. It's your chance to say anything that you want to say to people. Yeah. Um, Just thinking back over what we said. This is for everybody. Um, You are not obligated to, uh, to be a mom. You're not obligated to be a dad. You're not obligated to do a certain job or pursue a certain thing. Um, in your life. And so whatever, I definitely feel very, a very strong desire to be a father and a parent. And if you don't feel that same way, whether you're a guy or a girl, that's totally fine. Um, Being a parent uh, is a good thing for some people, uh, but it's not for everybody. Um, And so that was kind of one of the things we talked about. And then just uh, love yourself, you know, this is a podcast about love, but I think it's also really, really important to love yourself and to know yourself and find out the ways that you can best uh, just be nice to yourself because I know my life got better when I learned to do that and it's still not the best, but I'm getting better at it and therefore my life is getting better. <laughs> that was not a very great way to say that. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. I was so excited to have you, um, and I'm so excited for people to listen to this. Thank yeah. you, Cherie. I really, uh, I learn a lot from you whenever I talk to you. Wow. And so it Thanks. is a blessing to get to talk to you and have it recorded for all of time. <laughs> this will outlive us. Yeah, well, When we die, people will still be able to listen to this. I definitely this. have thought about that before. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I was it? like, I'll live forever through this. Yeah. You really, really will. Yeah. And you'll live forever through the robots we'll be able to download our <laughs> exactly. consciousness into in the next 40 years. So we just got to make it 40 more years, Cherie, and we'll literally live forever. I think that's a perfect outro. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>